Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stories Around Azeroth. It's going to be a very good stonking episode, one can tell, um, due to uh, all the technological mishaps and everything else and slow bots and everything else that exists around the internet today. I hope everybody's doing fine. And once again, joining me is the ever-benevolent gnome, one Mr. Frasley. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I just got done dancing, and then I get home, and I hear the news about Allie being a co-host of Blizzmates. So I'm just beaming that my friends are like going up in the world of podcasting. So I, it's just it's, it's a great night, and I get to then talk with you. Oh my god, I've brought your level of good night down then, haven't I? Oh no, you, you brought it up. You're on a high, and now you're down here. Slumming it. Slumming it. <laughs> oh, brilliant it lifts stuff. me up, you bring me down mountains, so then I can go up again. Nothing's going to get me down. And if you want to hear great more musical masterpieces like this, you need to catch Frasley over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash S. That's F-R-A-Z-L-E-Y-S. Because he will occasionally do Twitch sings, and you get to hear much musical masterpieces like that. And make somebody very mad. Indeed. <laughs> but yes, he's he's in a very jolly mood. I'm in a good mood as well. Mr. Frasley, what have you done in Warcraft this week? What has Azeroth brought you since we last chatted? So my shaman has now become 120. Hey, so what up? It, it was a, one of those I was that close. I figured, hey, I might as well just go through, get up to 120, and that... I'm I'm no, still I think maybe one or two characters away from the having multiple max level characters, mm -hmm. but I'm I wanted to get that one done. And Fraz is now four oh uh, nine, I think. Oh, that's pretty yeah, good. Because yeah. uh, Capo ran me through some islands, and then we went and did heroic warfront, and then I did some emissaries. So between all that, I was able to get a lot more stuff done. A little bit of gear goes a long way to clearing yeah. a lot of content pretty easily. Now, my fair. next my next not as swole as yours. So, how has your week been? Um, I hit Heart of Azeroth 63 the other day. So, I'm two levels away from opening that last third, that last passive socket sitting in there. Uh, that'll probably be, I think it's going to be about two weeks. I think about a week and a half, uh, like a couple of weeks and bits and pieces for each neck should be fine. Otherwise, I have been massively abusing Darkmoon Fair and Time Walking this week. Um, I decided to level and completely drain my brain on dungeons. So, the big task I wanted to do is I wanted to get my Wurgen to 120, my Wurgen Druid. So, did a whole day through Time Walking. And it took about 20 dungeons. I dipped in and out. I was busy and everything else. And I got... So I got my Wurgen Druid to 120 and also Exalted with Gonia. So she is ready for 8.2.5 in the Heritage Armor when it comes. Nice. With the top hats. Yes. Uh, I also got my Lightforge Draenei from... She was sitting around 117. So it didn't take as long. Now she is also 120. And I started on my Death Knight today, and I got her to, I think, 114 or 115 in a few nice. runs. So, But there's no Dark Moon Fair anymore, so the 10% buff's gone, unfortunately. So, yeah. Otherwise, Though, it's just been a passive week of just staying on top of things. 
And I had not realized Darkman Fair Carousel was more than just the rep file. That was also the experience file. So I missed so many Darkman Fairs where I could have gone and gotten for alts. So I learned. It's one of those things. Once you once you know and get it into your routine and everything else, it's it becomes one of those things that you just learn to do. Thankfully, it's one of those bits and pieces that as long as you don't die. You can always just keep refreshing the buff without an extra ride token being consumed. Because as long as you've got the buff, it doesn't consume another token. So you can just step off the carousel, go into the dungeon, and then come out of the dungeon and just refresh it back up again. So Nice. What I was doing. That's stuck with all the heirlooms as well as it scales you down. Because it's good old Cataclysm Time Walking. And we won't get Cataclysm Time Walking again until... I believe the week before Christmas, so that's when we'll get Firelands time walking as well. Back in oh, December, wow. December, I think it's like the week of December the fifteenth. I want to say. So good. The families, if you celebrate Christmas, family won't be here yet, so you can still have some time to go through the Firelands. Send them to the Firelands. Set them on fire. It's fine. Who needs relatives? <laughs> Who needs relatives when you've got Warcraft? <laughs> oh boy, that that is cold. I mean, well, it's but, quite uh, it's quite warm down in the Firelands. I'm not sure if you've been there. Uh, a few times. Uh, Ragnaros gave me a hug. Gave you a hug? Did he give you his firebird? Yes. That go. and other things. That and other things. Brilliant stuff. So, uh, the big topic of debate that we're going to be going over this week today is how to improve the quality of life for players in Warcraft itself. It's stuff that we dabbled on time and again. Um, I think we did a, a big part of it in episode one and a couple of episodes going forward. But I want to really, after after doing time walking and spending a lot of week jumping between alts and bits and pieces, I really want to focus on what we could do. And just in a general spoke, especially with Classic coming out as well. Because if you look at Classic, the biggest thing about Classic that improves the quality of life is add-ons. That was the big thing about Classic. Add-ons made that game a lot easier to use than what it originally came with. Now, for, for all of its flaws going back to the original model for what classic is they are uh adding in so it's obviously using the new battle.net framework so you've got your new friends list already when people were on the stress test this weekend i could see that people were on wow classic so i can already chat to them already so it's a nice little improvement there already using the new friend list type stuff with the battle tags and bits and pieces so add-ons are going to make a comeback as well for classic make life easier there but how can we make what what sort of things can we do to improve the general quality of life for players in World of Warcraft? What do you reckon, Fraz? What what would be if you could if you could make a singular change that would make your life easier in Warcraft? What would it be? It's gonna go on Battle.net. It's one that to me seemed like an easy one to do because like Discord has it. Increase the friends limit on Battle.net. Because right now, I'm very selective on who I add to Battle.net. Like, if I don't know who you are, I don't add you. And I have to make a note so that way people who are not playing WoW for a long time... Because, like you said, Battle.net is a good way to connect with people, see who's on, see who's there doing things. And there are times where, like, I, I'm i getting close to that 200 friend limit. And I, I, maybe that means I'm popular. I'm not trying to, like, say I'm, yeah. I'm hot stuff. But I've been around for a while. So I've amassed a friends list and with so many games it's only going to keep getting getting longer and I, and I don't want to purge anybody I, I want I want people there so I think maybe just I know they expanded to 200 but 
come on. Maybe maybe at least a thousand. I mean, if, I think, I think a, the friends list was slightly more effective back in the heyday where there was a lot to do in different Blizzard games. So, like, because a lot of the people you'd meet would be from Warcraft. And then they'd be in Diablo 3 when that launched, or Hearthstone when that was hot property, or Overwatch when that first came out, or Heroes. And it was a lot easier to see all your friends in those other games and send messages and bits and pieces. But now, all of the other properties are kind of, like, dying down, or, you know, not as hot as they were. Like, a lot of people still play them. I see people in Heroes all the time, I see people in Hearthstone. Diablo, not so much, but I know people that have just made the hard switch from... Uh, Warcraft to Diablo 3 and probably just be on Diablo 4 whenever that gets announced and comes out in bits and pieces so who knows I mean uh, it'll probably once we get new properties and bits and pieces again I didn't mention Starcraft because nobody, nobody plays Starcraft that's, well, why, and that's why Blizzard have drops it <laughs> yeah and unfortunately Starcraft is not one of the top properties that, that Blizzard is that Activision Blizzard itself is yeah. touting anymore as of the recent earnings call, which is unfortunate. Cause... It is unfortunate, but it just doesn't make them enough money for the amount they spend on it, and I think that's the way they're looking at it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with everything else, it then leads back into community-side tournaments and everything else, and it's unfortunate that we've lost so many casters and people who used to, who got big through doing StarCraft 2 casting have moved into their own thing and away from StarCraft. They still look at the occasional thing, but they're not as heavily into it now as they used to be. And these are the kind of people that would host and run tournaments to keep the to keep StarCraft alive. And there's not a lot of people that do community-based StarCraft 2 tournaments, to the best of my knowledge. I'm sure there might be some. And I think it will still remain a mainstay in korea and uh, a large portion of the east because that's where it's big but starcraft 2 never really hit the levels of brood war popularity so that's kind of where they do you know will they go and make a new art will blizzard go and make a new rts probably not um rts as a franchise it's one of those things that dip in and dip out um but who knows, when um, when the remaster of Warcraft 3 comes out, we'll probably see a lot of people in that as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing it because I want to... I've ne I never played Warcraft 3 enough. Right. It's a, it's a fun little thing. It'll be interesting to see how it works, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anything else that you'd like to do to improve the quality of life? Like I, I would... I'm more thinking... Think about what you could do on a main character that would improve life for your alts or something like that, rather than just a general framework thing. So, so you, you're, you're, you're here's like... here's a good example. Essences are a big thing in eight point two. Yeah, they require a lot of time investment and a lot of grinding. However, if you want to do it, you've got to do all of that over again on an alt. And there are people that are going to be have limited time, like yourself for example, yes. who, if they did want to keep their alts up to date at max level, clearly not going to have the time investment to run Mechagon on every alt. You're not going to have the ability to do Mechagon and Nashatar reps to the full extent every day just to try and get them on an alt. Why not 
do stuff where if we unlock it on a main, we have it available as an alt for free or at a massively reduced cost. You know, so going back to going back to the uh, idea of episode one of our list of the book for alts. So, like, you could say, I want this alt to have access to my shared reputations, yes. or I don't want this alt to have access. I, I, th I absolutely agree because, yeah, I've only thought about doing it on one character. I couldn't even think about doing it on another character at this point because it's like, at that point, I should just put the time into Fraz and have the other characters not not do this stuff. I mean, I had to take time to, out to work on the one for the Horde side for Into. That, mm -hmm. that took a while. Mm -hmm. It 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 would make a large change of things. I mean, we have to. You have to, when you think about stuff like this and. You, obviously what people think are going to improve their quality of life is is going to vary from player to player because you're going to have people who concentrate on one character throughout all their life my guild master does that and then you've got people who have a variety of alts and people just like to keep them up to date because it allows them to gold farm and do everything else through missions through auction houses uh gets their professions up to be able to just max those out and just use those to sell and make money throughout the game so i mean personally for me and the way i'm playing having everything that i've done on my main available to my alts so my priest who i played from classic all the way up to legion as a main character had all of those reps exalted now if you look at how they've tried to change how rep how rep uh works throughout everything uh, we've had rep in dungeons. We've had rep gained through tabards in Wrath and Cataclysm. Uh, in mists, they turn around and once you hit Exalted, you could buy an item that allowed you to gain an extra rep boost for your alts. You just ticked it, and that first dungeon of the day you did would get an extra rep boost in there as well. But you got the rep from dungeons as well, and it's just it's just grown up. And we've in in Legion and. I mean, from Wrath onwards, we had daily quests. You could daily quest in hubs. You could daily quest in everything else. And now in Legion and um, BFA, we're down to the world quest system. And the world quest is on your reps and various bits and pieces. So, yeah, I'd like my reps to be available throughout my account, you know? There, there's, uh, there are similar things that I... Uh, games have done to make account-wide gaming easier star wars the old republic did something called the family tree and you could just go through and you could just get buffs for everything on the account and bits and pieces uh, as i suggested in episode one it'd be nice to have something that made the achievements worthwhile over the entirety of the account for a start i think achievements should be every character on your account should have the achievement done you know like, so A, you're not getting spammed with achievement pop-ups on every time you clear a dungeon on a different character and everything else. But then if someone looks up your character on the armory, they can go, oh, so they've actually got a storied history, you know? Because if they look up my demon hunter, they'll see I've got feats of strength for having uh, steins from previous years of Brewfest and everything else. And they'll be like, well, demon hunters have only been around for like two and a half, three years now. How's he done that? And so... You know, it's it's, it's an it's an account-wide thing, but this is yeah. the thing we we've we've made general steps to being more account-wide friendly, especially and with the honor and eight point 
honor in uh, BFA, yes, when we combined uh, it all yeah, into yeah. one. Yeah, to- towards the end of uh, yeah, Legion, they merged it all into one account-wide step, which was nice and everything else. But yeah, there's no no reason why they can't take a step and, as I mentioned, just have it as a toggle on and off if you want to uh, use those across your account. Yeah. So you just have the page there and be and be like do you want your characters to have access to the level of reps that this character has yes all of my bfa reps are done brilliant sorted you know just various other things as well that way you can tick off pathfinder it leaves it leaves um more freedom for the people who don't want that mechanic in the game so they can turn it off and be like, well, I don't want to have access to this. Because I'm quite sure there are people who... I mean, there's obviously a market for the people that do WoW challenges, as an example. Who yeah. would probably like to not get benefited from every sort of account-wide uh, access and bits and pieces. And then you can just turn those off. Like, as we've said before, having access to a flight master in a zone. So, like, on my main character... I've completed quests on in everything. I've got Lawmaster everywhere. I've got all the flight points and everything else. Why can't a quality of life on an alt be like we have the flight whistle that is usable all over the world? Not just restricted yeah. to Legion and BFA content. All over the world. But a character can an alt character can only use that in a zone if they have the the Lawmaster and the exploration achievement for that zone. Yeah, and you know? they have had, and I think like flight pass. It would, it would be awesome if if alts could choose the that once you unlock flight pass on one character, they can unlock it on every alt because we have. So there the is toy, there is technically an heirloom toy, but it's there's still quite a few flight pass that are. Yeah, it just that. takes you to the major hubs. Yeah, and like I would love like that like that small little outpost that's all the way up that mountain that you cannot get to because you can't fly yet. I'd love to be able to just fly there because I took the time to get there. Yeah. And like exploring your map, it would be nice if your map was if you explore the zone once and you have the explore achievement, you could be like, okay, show me the entire map. I don't care about that. I mean, I, I still want the XP on the alt from exploring because that is a good bit of XP. I want that, but I don't want the map. But you know, that, that would make an interesting thing. You could choose. Do I want the XP from exploring? Or do I want the benefit? Because then it's kind of a cost thing. And that one I would be okay with. Yeah. There's, there's, Except... there's, there's lots of things. Like, a big quality of life thing, and I think I mentioned it last week when Ali was on the show, is I want time walking as an option to be there all the time. Have it separate from your current content uh dungeon set so that at any give at any given time you have you have time walking dungeons it has a general pool of every dungeon that's in the game that you can run that will so currently that would be everything from dead mines and the one in orgrimmar um razorfin uh, no rage fire chasm rage fire rage fire yeah. chasm all the way down to all the legion dungeons that would sit in time walking and then you would have a bfa dungeon which you could then queue up for 
So, but then when we get stuff like time walking weeks, they turn around and go, you'll still get your quest and do five time walking dungeons. But it just opens up the path to do so many different options. And then especially with party sync coming, you can just time walk down. Well, I wonder if that's what they are doing because they are going to relax the instance that you'd be able to queue up. I wonder if, if, if uh, LFG is going to then put you into you, your level 120 or your level 110 and they're going to put you into a queue of like people that are doing Rage Fire, No More Gone. I think it would be different. Rage Defend, no More Gone. I, th I mean, if they change with Party Sync and the way that that's going to work, if they change the way that time walking works to incorporate the party sync where, where they level you down, you then lose abilities. It might work that way. And that way you can just, with your time walking dungeons, you can then queue into people who are queuing for normal dungeons as they're leveling. But likewise, it would just be good if... Because Final Fantasy fourteen does this very well. And I, and I love how they do that because I love that I'm with people that are experienced and inexperienced. Mm. And I feel like you can learn from them. And it it seems to bring the cues down with that. At least when I was playing. So for those who haven't played Final Fantasy fourteen, the way their dungeon finder works is you have to find the dungeon via a quest uh, exactly to unlock it for your dungeon finder. And then you've got your option to queue specifically or you've got the option to queue for dungeons in a specific bracket. Now, there's a daily one for each of those brackets, essentially. And you'll get a reward for that. Same way as it works in uh, current War World of Warcraft as it was. But um, because the party sync essentially already exists there where it takes you down and you lose any abilities that you don't have access to above that the end level bracket for that dungeon so that's essentially what's happening with party sinkers that's what we're getting i don't think they're going to incorporate that into the dungeon finder as much as uh, i'd like it yeah i think it's a good idea i think the only way they could do it is to change the way that time walking works to incorporate that because i get the feeling of time walking i i get having it be something special that otherwise it's it doesn't feel special if you get it all the time. Like like having a, you get special items, you can go back and do it. It feels special when it comes around. So I get why they might not want to get rid of that. I just think it opens up and, you know, if queuing into Time Walking then mixes you with whoever's queuing up in those dungeons, I think it would massively reduce dungeon queues for a start. Especially yeah. if those people who are looking at it via a time walking queue have access to getting the badges from time walking as well as they've got the ch ch so like you don't put them out in until it's time walking week okay yes but they still have a chance to get the badges because people still need badges i'm not gonna make i'm not gonna make five thousand badges on one character in one week yeah you know and i've still got the two newest time walking mounts to buy yet so it would encourage people to still do it so I do like that. Keep certain things for time walking week, mm -hmm. and maybe even keep the raids. I would say keep the raids to time walking week. Oh that no, does... absolutely, yeah. No, you you would only just have the dungeons. But I'm okay. saying, but I'm also saying that every dungeon yeah. needs to be available and not just five, because oh, absolutely. I am so sick and tired of seeing end time, vortex pinnacle, stone core, um, grimbatol, and the other one 
there's a fifth one and I can't remember which one. Tolavir? Or to, or oh yeah, yeah, city. it's the the Lost City as well. I'm so tired of seeing those five dungeons. Like, well, it, this is why I want Time Walking to be more extensive than what it is. Yeah, it, you know they've got the tech to scale everything already. The tech exists there. Why are we only stuck to five dungeons? Well, and when Ali's doing Dungeon Fables, I'm getting excited for some of these dungeons. I'm like, okay, I can't ever experience these. Because it, it is fun going through these dungeons in Time Walking and experiencing the mechanics at level. Like, it's fun doing that. And a lot of these things I don't get to see until the end of... I I, I try to level it through. I mean, some of the stuff I'll never get to see. And yeah, Kappa said they got end time three times on, in, in, in a row. I'm like, ooh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kappa. Luck, luckily, uh, end time's fine because end time's really short. It's like three bosses. But it's... Here's a good example. Yeah, there are people who didn't do Stonecore back in the day. You know, and these heroics, their difficulty is a joke. Like, they're fine. They're fine to rush through. I'm not bothered. There are people who don't understand the mechanics. Osrock is a very good example for this. So, he basically puts up what an elemental barrier... And any spells cast within that time are reflected. And the idea is, is that you reflect a dot onto yourself. And the dot would break you out of the stun he would do. And then you were basically... Because the stomp was uh, area-wide with anybody who was engaged with him. And, you need to, and it would only hit people that were still stunned. Now it's just this tiny ring around the boss. So... But it's changed. But people don't get out of that. And they get shattered because they're stunned. And they don't yep, understand I, why. I break myself up on his body many times. Frasley. But, I mean, it's it's fine. They've they've obviously changed some stuff so that they're very literally zergable. People don't understand how they work and everything else. And it's it's fine to lax up on these things, but I just wanna I just wanna instead of running into Stonecore and seeing people just die against it all the time. Okay, that brings me to the point that I was thinking of also. Mm -hmm. The game needs, at certain points, I wish it would handhold me a few times. Like, if I died, so like, just like you said, say it says, okay, I see you die a lot on this fight. What if I kind of tell you a little bit, do you want to know? Do you want to hint? Do you want to know how to get past this? I that way you don't you aren't forced to see it if you want to understand the mechanics like and learn it yourself but i would love us a few times to be like when does the recap say okay get out of the stupid circle you idiot i mean just do something to to because like there's a lot of information the game doesn't tell you you gotta learn it from your friends you gotta learn it from sites it'd be nice if it, at least but all the information is there for you in the dungeon journal like the dungeon journal was specifically put into the game just keep people in the game but nobody uses it it's well, there it's there it has the information for you well that's where maybe it can pop it out more because i don't use the dungeon drill like i probably but the information's there <laughs> you you ask for this quality of life stuff and it's just it's, it's literally there <laughs> okay. i i use the dungeon journal <laughs> to look at loot that's what i use it for so i mean I'm saying maybe at least they can pop it up and be like, okay, I see you die a lot to this. Here's the page. I mean, yeah, maybe I should use the literature more. 
Okay. <laughs> I think that's a bad example of quality of life stuff for us because that's something that already exists. And Chad saying, yeah. Capo's <laughs> saying it's there. The Michael saying it's there. G Man Prime is saying that Leo Wild said, so yeah. Um... Okay. What, what's another quality of life? <laughs> um. I don't know. Um, just stuff across that would just makes life just so much easier. Like, I think it would be nice to have access to all professions on one character rather than spreading them all out over everything else. So, like, if I choose, I can choose to do everything. But I think it's something that would become easier with guild housing or like player housing. And especially if they bring in player housing, and that would be something else we could probably talk about down the line. But having it, having a player housing that's available to your entire account. So, like, if you have the option to, like, build alchemy tables, a blacksmithing forge, and everything else, and all of your characters can just access it. Because I know damn well, the minute Blizzard implement player housing, they'll do it on a per-character basis, and they'll do it as a gold sink. Oh, Yeah. How many garrisons do I have at level three? I think only one. Exactly. That's that's exactly the best example. You know? What, what I had my main character in Warlords. You know, why has everybody else that's then come there that's on my account have to redo everything? And some of yeah. those level three stuff were an actual chore to get as well. It goes back to the essences thing. Why is why why is grinding out everything on the main make it really bad for alts? It's because Blizzard I, I think the the problem is is that Blizzard fire it as a a fire and forget method. Where it's just like, here's everything for this expansion. You're not gonna need it in the expansions going forward. Which is a short-sighted thing. I, it's I'm it's a you. very short-sighted thing. Absolutely. Because it feels disjointed. Like, like there are certain things that, like, I have to go back to Legion to get some point. I mean, there's things that I, in the old expansion, I should go back and get. I mean, that farm in Half Hill, I should go back and level that farm at some point. But it's like, it's not going to help me now. So what's the point? Hmm. The stream is blinking. Everything is fine on my end. Can't see any drop frames or anything else. Try refreshing. Um, if there's anybody in the chat that's got any quality of life suggestions that they can think of. I know uh, Acid Tears has said about it's not a quality of life, but he'd like to see more class-specific quests. I feel it was really thematic for Legion. Um, and Unless they decide to do something... I mean, Classic has got class-specific quests, and I'm sure quite a few people are looking forward to doing that. I remember getting my Paladin mount specifically, and then there was the Warlock Dreadsteed as well. Um, yeah. Again, this is something that Final Fantasy does very well. Uh, every two levels, you would go back to your class trainer, and you would do a quest. And at the end of that quest, you would get a skill that would improve on you know, where you go with that character yeah. and the skill for that but it also had because each expansion the the class those class quests and those stories you had you basically you would go into an expansion you'd have your overall expansion story which 
would finish from point A to point B. And then every patch you had your main story over there. But the class quest system... Basically, you at the beginning of every expansion, you'd go to your class trainer and you'd start off a quest chain. And that quest chain and story would finish by the time you got to max level and did a quest there as well. And that would finish uh, a quest chain and a story for your class. Yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see that being a thing. Again, it's as as it is said, it's not a quality of life thing, but it would be nice to see them bring back. I think it has to be careful how they do it because I think the complaint I heard was 7.2 was that it felt so empty because they, they put so much into class quests. So maybe they don't do all the classes how in so? one patch. That they spent so much time developing class quests and so many resources on those that that you got a little bit of story in 7.2. Okay. But a lot more story was on class. So you didn't see more than your class hall. But the, point of, the point of Legion was that you have a story in each zone and then your end game story was finishing off the main campaign in Surama. that yeah. that that was that was 7.0 in a nutshell now the class quest system in legion worked very similar to how final fantasy worked where you would go back to your class hall and do a quest every couple of levels and it's the same way that it works in bfa that every couple of levels you would get a new foothold to set but the difference was... is the difference. The difference is in that Final Fantasy is that the class quests that they put in are separate from the main story, and there is a whole story on their own every two to three levels. I think. Yeah. I think Stormblood was. Um. Oh my goodness, it was two, then three, then three, and then two. So you had four quests essentially over the case of uh, those ten levels. Where I'm saying is like they have to make sure that when they're developing the class quest that they don't also they, they don't divert resources away from the main quest. Whereas 7.2 that patch they put all of the stuff into the class quest and people felt there wasn't a lot to the to the patch. There was a, a huge amount in that patch. Okay, but but go back to Mr. Pandaria. Okay, you had a zone which had a full story. Yeah. You yeah. didn't have any in-between stuff. There was no class quests, no class halls, or anything else. But we had a mini. We had um, 5.0, and then you had 5. Point, uh, and you had the raid that came with 5.0, and you had 5.1, and it was the PvP mini shore thing, but it had a quest line as well for PVE. Then you had 5.2, which was the Isle of the Thunder King, which had a whole new questing zone where you could stand box and do everything else and a raid. And then we had 5.3, which was another mini quest storyline. And then we had 5.4, which was Siege of Orgrimmar. Now, the problem is, is that we've got so far away from that model of a patch cycle and how good it was to do things. And we have what we have in Legion and BFA... I'm not going to mention Warlords because Warlords was cut short due to how bad it was and everything else. But we're at a point where we, we're just going from major patch to major patch. And now they're getting to doing the point fives and leaving the big point, like 8.3 to be a big raid patch. And we're getting these point five patches with small amounts of content. And we're getting back to that level of miss. But it's... I'm not sure if it's pushing back the patch development cycle because these patches are coming out later than they should be. Now, I'm quite yeah. sure that 
it felt between um, 8.0 and 8.1 that it felt too long. Like it was like about a month too late. And there's obviously a lot of snark for 8.2 where it was held off to con completely compete against Shadowbringers, launch for Final Fantasy and everything else. Blizzard, I don't think anybody does listen to this at Blizzard, but if you do, just launch stuff on your own. Let people go yeah. off and play other games. Just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. People people are people will probably give you a higher regard for not trying to fuck with somebody else's game at the end of the day. Just release it. You know? Yeah. Give your players something to do. And this is the major crux of of the game right now, is not having enough to do. And that's why people are praising 8.2 as well as it is. Because even though Mechagon and Nashatar are very repetitive in what they do, the way they've implemented a lot of stuff gives people eases off that repetitiveness and to focus on continually doing stuff. I go to like I've cut back on what I'm doing. I don't do every quest in Mechagon now. I go there. I kill three to four rares depending on what's available in the day. Finish off the world quest there and then I go to Nashatar, do my three quests on the main thing and do any Azerite world quests. It takes me about an hour to do both zones and then I do the world tour which is do go do everything here. But it keeps me there. But I've, then I've got my my mounts to do that's my thing that i do or i've got an altar level or something like that but a big quality of life thing is having something to do and these patch cycles need to come faster even if yeah. it's a small thing yeah i mean even currency uh, in the chat is saying it feels like there's too much to do when 8.2 launched i would absolutely agree i, I didn't touch an alt or do anything to level or do get into Nashatar with an alt until what about a couple of weeks ago I think when I felt like I was exalted and I had more time and I could just ease back I mean there's still paragon boxes but they'll come over time you know it's the same as everything else you do the old world quest you do your emissary boxes and that paragon rep will come with time there's no need to burn yourself out doing everything it's just finding that balance of getting everything done but we need to have more continuous content to keep us going. And I think that's why people like the stuff like the hive mind and everything else, whether it's hidden, it's not data mined straight away, because it gives people something to do. You know? Yeah. So would you say, like, not time gating, because I think time gating people don't like as but like what if they released depending how i could how because of the way that that they like the hotfix system they can add certain, certain things they, they can't add content we don't think through hotfixes so I'm, like, I'm, I'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it specifically in this way time gating and rep gating will always exist no developer will give you everything out of a box to do the best way, as much as I loathe to say it, is the Azerite system with how they've done it. There are multiple ways to get Azerite and a continuous way to do Azerite. And they've got a quest system there behind the actual level of your neck from 50 to 70. Whereas if you put the time in, and I put the time in, I make about 10,000 Azerite a day just doing, my, just doing two to three hours in Azeroth, going around the world and picking up everything. I'm at level 63 and you know I'm looking forward to hitting 65 to unlocking that next slot I'm looking forward to 70 
and finishing off that quest line. You know? It's... Yes, it's time-gating. Kind of. But it's not time-gating in saying this content will unlock next week. It's time-gating in the fact that it's based on the amount of time I put into getting that done. Okay. So, so then they could go to like a weekly cycle where like you get a you get a patch but you, you can do this here you can do this here like have Nazitar open up first have Mechagon open up I mean things like that I and, think and I think if they had gated it that way and was like you'll get Nazitar from day one because that leads into the raid but you won't get Mechagon on launch because we don't want you to be overwhelmed with everything I don't know I don't know how that would have uh, come across to players it's it's very difficult to say because those people that don't have time to do everything would probably have appreciated that more than people who sit on Warcraft 8 to 10 hours a day more directed at streamers because they've got the time to go investigate everything and see everything and do everything you know compared to like the average Joe who has to go and work 8 hours a day comes home still has chores to do and then gets in two to three hours of gaming an evening. There's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a very big difference. And the biggest thing that we need to remember is that World of Warcraft was designed as a game to be more casual friendly than anything else on the market. That was World of Warcraft Classics Motus Operandi back in the day. And it was. If you look at it, if you look at WoW Classic, vanilla, whatever you want to call it compared to Final Fantasy 11 or RuneScape or anything else back in the day it was absolutely more casual friendly you didn't you didn't require a group to level past level 10 you could literally have a single player story for your character to level you could do anything there this is my my biggest concern with when classic comes out in a couple of weeks is that people are so used to how retail is that they're going to go to classic and yes there'll be add-ons to show quests on a map and show people the best way of leveling because it all works off the current api framework and everything else so it's very easy to take those current mods and move them over you know it's it's going to be a thing that's going to make life easier for a lot of people but without those is a game that was touted as more casual friendly than the everything else on the market you reveal you release that against how casual friendly bfa is e hell even final fantasy 14 is very casual friendly to a newer player it's it's a very different beast in terms of what it is and i'm not sure if it's meant to get a lot of people the idea of classic is to get people coming back to the game that's why it shares a sub with WoW. We've already seen this with the, the shareholders meeting where they've gone, World of Warcraft subscriptions have increased. We've had a lot of returning players. A large part of this is down to World of Warcraft Classic coming out in a few weeks and why we've conjoined the sub and everything else. So people paying for a sub. You know damn well they would not get away with charging a separate sub for WoW Classic. No one, no one any new MMO, unless it's got a big name behind it, could not get away with charging a sub in today's market. Especially with, as of right now, except for the phases, you won't get any new content to Classic. Well, after... there is no new content in Classic. 
uh, that's what I mean, is that once it's rolled out, it's going to be in maintenance mode unless they decide to add more. So, yeah. Yeah, unless they decide to do a 1.13 for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I hope they do. I hope they take a, uh, the way RuneScape took it and they develop new content based on their original plan. Yeah, because I'm excited for that too. I think it would be fun to get alternative things that, as you said, and like we could still experience it in current WoW, but it would be fun to play. It'd be like, Wonder, does Dungeons and Dragons have like the old rule set and new rule sets? You can still play Dungeons and Dragons with whatever rule set you choose to do. So a good example would be my old man and his brother and a lot of their friends um, grew up on version two, second edition and everything else. And they still, a lot of them still play on that. It's what I grew up with and everything else. But I played, the, there's so many different editions of Dungeons and Dragons that exist and so many iterations of that these days that people just find what works best for them. And if you look at 5th edition D&D, it's so much more casual, friendly to get newer players into that than trying to introduce them to a 1st or 2nd edition. Okay. So, so yeah, so Classic is a yeah different rule set. It's absolutely is a different rule set. Um... In regards to what Karenzi is saying about how some of the classic... At the moment, the general feeling I have from a lot of the classic WoW players is that you've got a subset that say we we want Blizzard to do what they did in RuneScape and give us new content, but we're worried because it's going to have modern day WoW devs instead of how the classic team would look at it. So we're worried that will we get a 1.13 that's similar to how BFA in that runs. And then you've got another subset saying it's brilliant. But once we get the Knacks out and all that, can we get TBC servers, but have them separate to our classic ones so we can migrate a character over if we choose? There, there, there are those two different subsets. And then that, that way, if they do separate servers for TBC, it then allows them to keep the classic servers. And people that want to play classic can keep playing classic. Yeah. The, I, think the, I think my only concern as a... Just thinking of, like, of the... Already, people are talking about like uh, imbalancing of like war mode and stuff like that in current WoW. Is how many players there would be per realm per per so version of WoW. This is something that Blizzard have released recently with the addition, and we talked about this way back way. I think episode two or three, where we talked about having a, a smaller number of classic servers to keep a lot of people grouped together and keep their communities alive. And I believe they've both got about four normal one rp one flat pvp or two pvps and an rp pvp for eu and then for us and then there's a couple of different language barrier ones i think they're trying to keep with the pvp ones and the rp pvps that everybody can go to there but there is like a like a normal and an rp per uh per realm yeah and, and don't even get into the ones that like now there's a site that i saw on icy veins about if you want to avoid streamers you can go to you can find out which servers the streamers are going to. I mean, I think nearly every every streamer, all the big streamers anyway, like uh, are going to be going to the PvP or the RP PvP realms. I think that's pretty much a given at this point. Um, but for those sites which offer one more than one or two, it's fine. Um, 
a lot of people want to go and play on there, but a, uh, a lot of these streamers are going to be turning around and not giving out the, the realm name that they're going to be on until after after they've got to like level like got through their first eight hour stint because they don't want to get bombarded by like 20 level ones just following them around you know and the minute these guys get out of get to westfall or go to red ridge or the horde equivalents they're just going to get ganked by the opposite fraction or you know they're just going to get griefed while they're trying to level and they, they want to play the game just as much as everything else and you know the the big thing it seems to be race to world first level 60 i know method are doing i think the method are aiming to do the race to world first through molten core and anixia so oh, nice um whether it will be on a stage as high as the normal race to world firsts who knows probably not because it's probably i think everybody's estimating it's gonna be about two weeks from launch in it's gonna be about two weeks until ragnaros dead because the gear level is going to be different because it's all 1.12 rule set gear. Yeah, and we know the mechanics of those fights. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, Azara was still trying to figure out how do you get the things on Azara. No. <laughs> no. It's, um... Yeah, but the difference is, is that, um... Karenzi brings up the point saying it's a long time for Rag to die, though, back in the day. That's true. But the gear back in the day was a 1.0 gear set level. Or 1.1, sorry, because Monk Call I don't think was available day one. Um, it was a 1.1, whereas we're on 1.12 gear, which has higher stats and better stat allocations. So the minute people walk into there with base level 60 gear, their stat average is already going to be higher than what it was when the base game of vanilla came out. So everybody's already got a higher stat level. And better allocated stats. Yeah. This is the thing about 1.12. The gear is completely different compared to 1.1. This is why people don't think Ragnaros and Molten Core are going to be alive that long. The only challenge is going to be on Courage and Nax. That's literally going to be the only challenges that that content's going to bring. Because um, Blackwing Lair... Technically, the hardest fights are going to be Cromagus and Nefarian. Because Cromagus requires a lot of the sand farming and everything else. I'd even say maybe the Red Drake, because that is a fixed soft enrage on that boss. Corey Alstraz. Veilstraz. Thank you very much, Karenzi. Um, Veilstraz might be an issue. Um... It really depends what level of the first boss they bring out in Blackwing Lair. Because there's a lot of bugs on that boss in every incarnation throughout all the time. There's been so many there's so many bugs on that boss. But yeah, Veilstraz, Chromagus, and and Nefarin. They'll, they'll be the cop blocks in Blackwing Lair. Veilstraz more so. And I believe, because I, I watched the, the keynote at BlizzCon uh, that they were doing about classic and why they chose everything what i understand why they chose 1.12 is because it was the code that they found a backup of and they felt that the safest using that code uh i'm i that statement has changed throughout all the time that they've talked about classic to be fair okay um then, yeah 1.12 felt like a best best starting point because they didn't want to change the gear all the way through Plus 1.12 also allows them to have all the weather effects and everything else that Ooh. everything came in. Because 
weather effects weren't a thing in the base standard game either. They came in... I want to say 1.10, 1.11. If you actually have a look and see the, the launch video for that on the World of Warcraft page... Yeah, I remember when weather effects were released. It was uh, interesting. Because it was just sun on dark and then all of a sudden you had rain. And then they extended and they changed a lot of the things. It's going to be very interesting. Um... I don't know. I still haven't decided on the fence. I might play day one. I haven't decided yet. I'll have to see where a lot of the guys on, say, uh, Dragon Powered Studios might go on classic ones and everything else. Yeah, I know at least US, uh, I, I, when, I'm, when I'm hearing World of Warcraft, uh, CTR, Starting Zone, uh, Lagging Balls, they're going to Peggle. I, I saw Peggle and then also for PvP, they're looking at White Mane. I don't know what factions yet for those. But those are the two realms that they, that I, that I'm uh, hearing for going there. So I'm sure anybody that's interested will play. Um, I'll probably play with some of the guys I know and everything else. I'll see where some of the guild are going and everything else, and I'll just play with whoever. I'm not looking forward to leveling in classic from 40 to 60. Blizzard were very, very smart in doing, in only keeping the beta to 40 because 40 is pretty much where the easy grind stops and 50 to 60 uh, 40 to 60 is where the hard grind begins because you'll run out of quests about 57 58 and a lot of people don't know this like you'll be stuck to mob grinding and dungeon grinding to get those last couple of levels it's um it's going to be an interesting time definitely and i'm sure we'll cover it in two weeks yes Exactly, because I am planning to roll a no mage, or I believe I'm ready to roll something. I uh, I thought a no mage, but I'm hearing that maybe no mage. I don't want to say anything more because I don't want to show my ignorance on <laughs> classic race combinations. But yeah, I, mean, I will be rolling something when it launches. It might just be a human mage. I think I think the biggest thing about classic at this point is going to be the class variation is going to be a lot higher. Back in original classic, when number crunching wasn't a, a massive thing, you had specific things that they had proven classes could point out and everything else. And I think based on everything we've seen from the beta, you're going to see more mages, more warriors. You might even see a few more paladins than, than you would normally do. But the, the two big things that people are going to choose to be is they're either going to be alliance for paladins or they're going to be horde because of shamans and wind fury slash bloodlust that's it those are literally going to be the choices and they're going to want to be stacking with those so it's going to be interesting definitely i'm looking at at a wowhead classic and gnomes can be mages so yep. i'll be rolling a no mage and i'll see how long it lasts because they're special. i look forward to crushing you underfoot that was good I look Jesus. forward to being crushed under your foot. You look up. Oh, that that's getting slightly, uh, slightly non-PG there. I think. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, I think we're at a good point to actually call it a day. There, to be completely honest, we've we've managed to sidestep from talking about how to improve quality of life in the game to talking about classic and everything else. So, just shows how Which, fluid the show is today. Well, I think we we talked about some of how the game does and doesn't handhold in different areas so i feel like it it fits into it because we're going to find in classic the things that we take 
for granted the things that we don't realize i mean and i think that's I... going to be a big talking point post classic launch is going to be the things we take for granted um i mean you, you're already able to i mean what was it i think there was a day one things that aren't a bug was specifically pointed at quests and how quests don't appear on the map at all yeah and that shows instantly um what people take for granted so well and some people have played on private servers and it's interesting to find what they what private servers have gotten away with and they're not yeah. and not remembering things and like well it's and not one to one either so yeah so that's gonna be interesting and again i say this as a i don't ever say this as a classicator because i'm not i'm i'm all for if people want classic and people want to play it that's awesome and i'm glad that people are gonna get to play absolutely what they want i just think it's... some people nostalgia <laughs> there is a lot of nostalgia behind it and i think that's been proven with the not a bug list and everything else what we need to get to a point of is that classic is a thing yeah retail is a thing it's all world of warcraft and we shouldn't be going this is better or this is better or this is worse or this is worse we're exactly. all playing the same goddamn game and we're having fun and that's where i'm excited that people can finally who have people who don't like modern wow that's what classic's to... there for yeah and and that's what i love i've got a lot of friends who will ret may return to wow once classic comes out so, i mean for me, I'm excited also for the the increase in revenue because if Blizzard can can keep revenue, maybe some numbers can go up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an experiment. There, there there's a very cynical side of me which is saying why Blizzard are doing um, classic servers, but I'm not going to talk about it here because I like this place to be a nice, cheerful place. But Blizzard are doing it exactly uh, as Capo says, like people who weren't there for the vanilla experience they finally yeah. they finally get a chance to experience what it was like oh yeah you know? and there's a lot of stuff that was changed in the, in the cataclysm there's a lot of a cool detail in classic wow i mean that, that's when i want to go back to classic is there's stuff there that we don't get to see anymore Absolutely. i mean we, we get to see Aberdeen. i have bond memories of Aberdeen. also that's also where my internet kept kept cutting out multiple times when i was on time warner but that's a whole different thing I think Capo is saying that the biggest change is the community feel. I think you're not going to, you're never going to get the original community feel back. And that's simply because internet has evolved to such a way in that it's so much easier to talk to people like throughout classic and TBC and raft to an extent you had, it was all talking on forums and everything else to try and get across and find your feel. And that's when you had server forums. You'll still have server forums. But the thing is, is that you've got Discord now for all of your friends. And you, we've got Twitter and Facebook and all of the other social sites and everything else. There's the vanilla WoW subreddit. There's the normal WoW subreddit and everything else. It's it's the internet is a different beast in 15 years than when the game came out yeah a, there was a, no streaming no it was all videos 4.3 videos on warcraft vids and and everything else there'll be i think a server community will grow and i think that's going to be the benefit of streamer 
servers is that there will be a community there because base of those players specifically but yeah um yeah i, I don't think they'll i don't think you'll ever capture back the community feel no because no. even as people we are different and society as a whole has evolved good or bad since we were in children four exactly i think i think classic wow against retail wow the, the the biggest thing that there is there is just showing the the quality of life differences just looking at the two games on its own yeah so i i don't know maybe this is fit into the theme of the of the episode we're talking about today so there's that let's have a look what chat is saying wow will be social in the sense for setting up groups ubrs strat etc yeah here's the here's the thing Karenzi. like it's a thing then but even then back in classic wow and everything else I would just type in guild anybody for this and without a without a, a dungeon finder yes you will get that you will get that thing of LFG chats and everything else and maybe it will bring that sense of talking that people want especially with the fact that since classic world is still working on the modern um, the modern frame for the game that you'll also have the in-game voice chat for those people you don't want to invite to your discord server you know there's it's it's definitely going to be an option and it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it goes i want to see what the difference is going to be between day one and week three and you know after that week after after raggy's gone and anixia's gone and people have to wait a couple of months for the next lot of content to come out you know that that's what i want to see that, i think that's i think yeah i think that's definitely what i want to see but yeah yeah LF, lfg chats are a thing and it's going to be interesting i gotta get used to the acronyms because i realized i'm so rusty with that looking at twitch chat, i'm so <laughs> so uh written out on everything and like uh, Karenzi's doing that. Ella, 4M, Ubers, 1 tank, 2 DPS, 1 healer, must have key PST. Oh, God. UBRS key. Oh, oh I yeah. forgot yeah. about that. And and Molten Core attunement. I mean, that... I, 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 don't, did the... I don't think the key the, the key ring was a thing until TBC or Wrath either. Yeah. Which means that I you're going to have to hold all the keys separately. Which means you'll need... And... You're gonna, the, so the first keys you're going to get are going to be... Nomragon. You're going to have the Nomragon key, and then you're going to have the Scarlet key. Because you want the Nomragon back door so you can go straight to the last boss and everything else. Yeah. You cut out half the dungeon. Because, God, no, Nomragon. Oh, Marauden. Marauden's going to be a pain in the ass without the Scepter. Yeah. Man, people are going to have bags just full of crap. What well, in. Quest items. We forget that when we get quest items, there's no in hidden quest item thing. They all take up your inventory. Yep. And bags only go up to, I think, 16, 10 or 16. And we don't get the four from our authenticator like we do in the current WoW. Nope. But yeah. I think now it's time to put this podcast episode into into the bag, so that way you can take up more more of the of the slots. Absolutely, Mister Frasley. Where can they find you around the internet if they don't know who you are? 
Uh, you can find me at frazley.com, F-R-A-Z-L-E-Y.com. That's where you can find my, all the all the, the millions of podcasts I'm on, my Twitter, socials, and stuff like that. And you can even find my Battle.net and Discord there. Brilliant stuff. You can find me, as normal, on Twitter, at Titans Creed. That's the little name that's above my head or in the description below. Uh, you can find... Uh, my gaming specific one where there's not me talking every day but we'll just be retweeting or posting that I'm live you can find that at Gaming Phoenix you can find me on YouTube where this vidcast is uh, the VOD for this cast will be if you're watching the video you can find it at youtube.com slash Project Phoenix Productions or you can find me on Twitch five to seven days a week at twitch.tv slash Project Phoenix Productions thank you very much uh, ladies and gentlemen in the chat for hanging around and watching. Thank you very much to Mr. Frasley, as always, for joining me. Well, thank you. It's, it's always a, a pleasure, and I always have fun hanging out with you because you help me see where I need to improve my game and get better at things. I never tell you how to improve your game, Fraz. I will always let somebody play how they find the game best to play. Okay. But you do give me helpful tips. Like, I'll, I'll always. Don't my... panic when you're leveling an Iron Man. That's the best <laughs> advice I'll ever give you. Um, I accept that so much. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Uh, yes, thank you very much for watching, ladies and gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure recording episode 13. It was not unlucky for some. I've been Titans Creed. He's been Frasley. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as Mr. Frasley likes to say, Be awesome! Take care, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time. <laughs>